A shot in the dark. Take three, beige. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That's right, it's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I am your host, Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Snoopy Bijou had her Whimsies Alligator last night. Whimsies Alligators, the never-to-be-sponsor of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. But we still give them a shout-out anyway, and we still put our Amazon affiliates link for Whimsies Alligators down below in the box. So here's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. Last night I came out, came home, the lights were out, you know, the electricity for the entire block seemed to be out. I didn't drive the entire block to check it out. I was celebrating Butch Bradley's release of his special, which has been released on Amazon. If you get a chance, I'll put a link down below for that as well. Uh, we went over. It was just a small gathering. It wasn't really a big party or anything like that, which was great because I had been awake for, at that point, I think 20-some hours. I ended up being up for 30 hours. That's what ended up happening total between Monday and Tuesday. And I, I'm i just learning to accept that at least once a week I'm going to have to be awake for more than 24 hours just to reset my body schedule. I don't know what that's about. I'm not going to pretend I know what that's about. I'm also not going to pretend that's a problem. I'm just going to be as productive as I can when I'm up for all those hours. I don't know what's going on with my body in that way. But I'm also not particularly worried about it. I feel like... When it comes to nature and the way that my body works, I'm just accepting it. If I don't have any place to be, if I don't have anything that I'm missing because of it, if I'm actually being more productive in that time, which if you don't know, I put out two videos in the two days. One of them did pretty well for what my videos have been doing lately. Like I said, when it comes to me and YouTube, I really do enjoy putting out my YouTube videos, but they have to be about stuff that I actually care about. Otherwise, they're just nothing. They're not good. I can't talk about stuff if I'm not in the mood to actually talk about it or if I don't particularly care about it. And I know that some people are really good at that, and I applaud those people. I think that's great for you. But me personally, if I'm not feeling something, I've tried doing that before, and you can find some of them on my page because there was a time when I was doing like the 30-day challenges. I did a couple of those, and then I've attempted to do a couple of those since. But I just don't, if I don't feel something, then I can't really talk about it. You know, there's different things that have been going on that I give different levels of, uh, I guess, importance to in my life. And one of them has been working out, which that's great. And I'm taking the day off, though, because I was so tired after being awake for 30 hours because what happened was I came home, I recorded Unbothered, I was happy with it. But I recorded Unbothered in the dark. You know, like it was when I was the lights were still out because when I got home, the electricity was out in my entire building. And it seemed to be like the almost the entire block, because when I got to the main road that my apartment building is on, the traffic lights were out. And then I got to the, you know, the actual road, this kind of side road, you could say that my apartment is on. 
and everything was out there and everything was out in the building. Street lights were out, everything. So maybe some drunk ran into a pole or something like, or an electrical box or something happened. And so I was like, okay, this is God testing you. Cause right now I'm on a mission to do the stuff that I need to get done and get it done the way that I'm saying that I'm gonna get it done and put myself on an actual schedule. And so I'm really working hard to do that. And I had been up, like I said, at that point for full 24 hours. That was when we were at the 24 hour mark. Cause I woke up at 8, 8 p.m. on Monday and this was at 8 p.m. on Tuesday that we ended up getting home or I ended up getting home. And so, I was like, there's a solution for this because the thing that I record on, which is a Zoom recorder, also has, you know, the battery, like you can use battery. And since I cleaned up my apartment a couple weeks ago, I know exactly where everything is. And so I hit a little flashlight that I have and I was like, okay, let's get this done. So I put batteries in and I also had it plugged into the adapter though. So when the lights cut on, I think what happened was the power surged and that caused the file to corrupt. And so my fully recorded unbothered was lost. It just completely when I went to load it and it's it sucks because I really was cool with that episode. And I thought, you know, this is going to be a good one. I even said that at the end of it. I remember when I was recording it, when I said, you know, I, I know this is going to be a good one. I'm happy with this. And so I was I was happy with it. I thought it was going to be good. But then it was corrupted. And I tried a couple of different things to recover the file. And there's just nothing on there. It even says zero bytes on the info when I looked at it. So that was gone. And that was a little bit disappointing. But I'm not going to pretend like I had a meltdown or it was I was just I'm. So past that point with things, I'm going to figure things out no matter what it takes. So the melting down, I'm not saying I'll never have a meltdown again. I'm not saying I'll never have a bad day again. But a lot of that wasted energy to me is not going to be the way that I live moving forward because it just it doesn't do me any good. And the fact of the matter is whether I melt down or not, that file is lost it's gone. There's nothing there. So what are, what is me breaking down going to do to help the situation? What I needed to do was record another. I ended up getting hit up by this guy that I hang out with every once in a while. Nothing serious at all. Nothing serious coming from that situation. We are not anything. But he had hit me up and, you know, it was it's like a booty call situation. He's the booty on the call. Uh, and so I, he hit me up and I was down for it. So I was like, okay, I'll take a minute out. Cause I was, you know, like I said, not, not depressed or down, but I was bummed. I was just like, damn it. I, cause I tried, like I said, a couple different things to recover it. I Googled some stuff and was like, I got, there's gotta be a way, but it just completely got lost. It got wiped. It wasn't even like it needed to be recovered or could be recovered. It just somehow got completely wiped. The file's there, but there's nothing in the file. So it was, you know, that was the situation. So then I hung out with him for a little while. Now we're probably at the 26-hour mark or 27-hour mark by the time I get back. And so I was like, okay, let me eat something really quick. Um, that's one thing. I don't know. Like food hasn't really been that good to me lately. The stuff that I eat for regular days is just 
sustenance is just keeping me alive. But uh, I don't really get great pleasure from a lot of food lately. And I've had all levels of food. When I went to a couple of restaurants with Tim Dillon and Ben Avery, when I did their podcast, um, The Tim Dillon Show, if you guys aren't familiar, I did a Patreon episode back in January. We went to this Italian spot. That was really good. That was super good. So good. And then uh, there was also... Well, we went to a Japanese place that was all right, but it just didn't hit me. You know, it wasn't super good. Like, the Italian spot really was. And since then, I think I've had a couple of things that have been okay, but nothing has really been hitting me lately as far as food goes. And I don't know if I'm falling out of love with food or I don't know if I ever was in love with food to begin with. Who knows what's happening with my love affair with food. We've had long enough that if it's over, if the thrill is gone, the thrill is gone. That's just what it is with me and food. And I've tried making different things to keep myself happy, you know, in that in the culinary way, because otherwise I'm happy. I'm not going to make it seem like, you know, even that is like, oh, I'm so bummed because I don't like food. It's like there's worse things in the world than not liking food. Everybody's struggling with their weight, and I'm not because I'm not in love with food that way. And every time I have something that I think I'm going to be in love with when I remember like, oh, Doritos, I've been wanting Doritos forever, I'll be like, okay, I'll get a little bag of Doritos, and I'll have a small bag of Doritos, and I was like, okay, well, that's disappointing. That that wasn't what I thought it was going to be, or that wasn't what my memory has built it up to be. And so, you know, I'm just uh, learning to navigate myself and I really am getting to know myself better and reading the things that I've been reading, listening to the things that I've been listening to, the way that I feed my brain, that's been helping me out because what happens with that is it, I really am just changing my entire way of seeing things and my entire way of thinking. Like, you know, there was a point where I was feeling kind of lonely, feeling honey, put the piece in the middle like Moni, Brr, just playing. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> that's back that thing up. But anyway, uh, what happened is I was, okay, let me not get copyright strike for a fucking YouTube because who knows, maybe even doing that is like considered singing the song. I don't know. I'm a terrible singer, though, so there's that on top of it is that I don't think I could ever get a copyright strike for singing something, so watch me get one. Uh, because, uh, like, I am the king of this. Here's the way that it works out in my family. You know how sometimes you'll be like, I really like that song on the radio, but I don't know what it's called. And then somebody will be like, well, why don't you sing a little bit of it for me? And then uh, that's usually my sister. My little sister, who I told you I raised as my little brother, but she's a straight woman, a straight cisgender woman, but she's still my little brother. And so I um, will sing a, a bit of the song to her as she's requested. And then she'll be like, I don't know what that song is. I'm so I just don't know what that song is. And so it's like, OK, cool. And then later on, we'll be hanging out and I'll be like, Hey, remember that song we were talking about? It turned out that the name of the song is, and she'll be like, I know that song, but you didn't sing it anything like it goes. And it's not about lyrics. It really is. I just can't listen to this voice. I mean, it's the voice of an angel. Don't get me wrong, but it's just not an angel that's going to sing. It's the bitch that plays the harp. <laughs> 
So, yeah. So, um, you know, and then, okay, so one thing that happened that I'm going to address really quick is there's an update on the Bobby Wayne Stott situation. I ended up seeing him Saturday night. If you don't remember him, he's the one I did the episode about with him and his girl, Crystal, and she was the cam model, quote unquote. Um, and there was that whole drama and I was annoyed at the time because he was posting on different Facebook threads that she had put up, you know, well, when I see him, I'm going to be, and I was like, you can get a hold of me. You have my number, you know how to get a hold of me. So I don't know why you're pulling the act because I hate people with their tough guy acts. You know, that's one thing that I just don't have patience for. I get it. You're trying to project some sort of picture of testosterone that you think you're supposed to be as a quote-unquote man while at the same time fighting toxic masculinity but trying to epitomize it and I know all the language and I know how it goes I know the different psychological games people play with themselves in order to make themselves seem like I'm actually higher evolved and it's like no you're not you're not at all evolved but whatever so I told you guys I would not do anything to egg that on and that's where I'm at with things because to me, it is all just content at a point. There's nothing about it that has any feeling. Once I've discussed it, once I've been through it with people, it is what it is. And even the fact that Crystal got me banned from Facebook for 30 days by reporting some stuff that was way less offensive, quote unquote, than what they had said to me. I'm not a tip for tat guy. And I just was cool. I'm over it. You know, I'm not vengeful. I don't have that where I feel like oh, I'm, I'm going to get them back in there. One day they're going to understand. I don't care. Like we had an argument back in December. Who cares? But anyway, this is why I bring it up. Because just for me, like I said, it's completely done. Then Saturday night, I'm hanging out at uh, <clears throat> the Strat, which is where the LA Comedy Club was. I knew Bobby was supposed to be on a show there, but I thought I was going to be able to make it out of there before he got there. And... Not for any other reason, just then, just that I'm not trying to create any problems. I'm not trying to be that guy where the club's like, you know, well, when he shows up, there's a, you know, some sort of drama or whatever. I keep my drama, even though it happens visibly to the comedy scene, because I don't make an effort to hide it anyway. I don't care if anybody knows it's going on. But at the same time, I don't have visible drama in public. I'm just not doing that. But. What happened was Saturday night, I had to go pick up some of Carla's homemade salsa, which if you're not familiar, if you haven't checked it out, you definitely should. I'll put a link for that down below. That'll be a Facebook link, though, if you want to get a hold of Carla to get some of Carla's homemade salsa. She ships it anywhere in the country. It is really good. It's actual Mexican salsa. She's just changed the consistency. It had a little more of a paste consistency. Now it's a little more like salsa salsa, you know, where it, it drips. It's good. It's so good. But it doesn't burn your face off, which is the other thing. I think it's a little spicy if you're super sensitive to that. But, you know, I'm Mexican and I'm used to spicy and my face burning off at certain points. And that's like one thing that's been making my food good. If you notice, I'm always talking about it on my stories. And that's the reason that I talk about it all the time, because since I don't really like the taste of anything lately, nothing, everything's disappointing. That's something that I can drizzle on whatever I'm eating or I can, you know, put a couple spoonfuls and it'll right away dance it up. And then I'm like, okay, this is actually good to me. It's been making it so I can eat my uh, boneless, skinless chicken 
egg whites when I decide to have egg whites, even though I've gone back to whole eggs because I thought that my body was beginning to look a little too lean. And the thing is, if you want your muscles to really pop and you want your abs to like fully show and not just to have a quote unquote runner's body, which if you're familiar with the runner's body, it's usually kind of like runner's body isn't attractive to me. It's kind of flabby usually or just not really a lot of tone and definition. I guess tone, not definition. But I like to have definition and I like to have my muscles pop. And right now, boom, boom. Oh, just playing. I was going to do my lip glosses popping, but it wouldn't sound like it anyway. That didn't even sound like the, the beginning sound, you know? I didn't even do it. Whatever. But anyway, so I like my muscles to actually pop. And so I was like, you know what? I got to start adding a little bit more fat back in here. So not back fat in here fat back in here just so everybody's clear on that we are not looking for back rolls but what uh ended up happening is i was like eating the turkey bacon and everything i was having was making me just a little leaner than i wanted to be and i was like okay i need to add a little more oomph back to this and so um i'm back to whole eggs but I also am not really going to be doing a lot of red meat coming up. So I also have adjusted that and am going to be having boneless, skinless chicken breast again because I do like the way that makes my muscles look, even though I don't like the taste of it at all um, and because it, it can be really dry. But I found a way to make it in the air fryer. Anyway, we're getting off topic. What happened was I was on my way to pick up some of Carla's homemade salsa. I knew that Bobby Wayne was on the Midnight Show because Jocelyn Sharp, co-producer of Laughed Out, along with Stephen Roberts, was having her show, Filth Factory, which she has, I think, once a month now on, or that's going to be the schedule moving forward. But I'm not 100% sure. I didn't talk to her about that. I did talk to her. I love Jocelyn. She's lost some weight. Congrats to Jocelyn. Um... She's doing it fully for health purposes and not vanity, but whatever reason you get more health or, you know, because it is good to be more healthy. You know, I'm not worried about people being a size two or whatever. That's what a lot of people don't get about me. I like to look a certain way myself, but when it comes to people I know and my friends, I'm not at all concerned with what they do as far as that goes. But as far as them being healthy and them suffering kind of the side effects or the consequences of carrying more weight than their body was like technically built to carry once they start getting in that getting that in check I'm in full support and I will be a hundred percent honest about the fact that I am happy for my friends when they start doing that but what it happened was I had planned to be in and out of there before the midnight show even was close to starting but I went to notoriety which is a place I also perform and that's a Saturday night show and I wasn't doing the show that night but I was hanging out and the guy that runs that spot has been asking me to try the pizza all the time or the guy that handles the food he he does make good pizza but like I said things just don't really taste that great to me it's, it's just and I know like that's the weird thing about it. You know, it like me with food right now is like a lot of people with uh, like, OK, let's let's relate it this way. Let's say you see a really beautiful person that's not of the gender that you're sexually attracted to. You can appreciate that person's beauty, but it isn't necessarily pushing your buttons. 
Does this make sense? So like with me and this pizza, like tasting it, I was like, yeah, I know this is really good. I know why everybody loves this because everybody does love that pizza. I think he calls it celebrity pie is what it's being called. And he also has a crab rangoon, but I just had regular pepperoni. And maybe that's part of the problem is that I'm not accepting that maybe my taste buds are changing and that I need to start varying up what I do instead or what I eat instead of thinking like, oh, we'll just go back to the hits. You know, maybe you're not going to dance to the same hits the same way that you danced when you were in your teens. You know, maybe it takes two to make a thing go right isn't going to be your jam anymore. So you just need to accept that or I just need to accept that. Anyway, we'll figure that out. Who cares? I don't that part I don't care about. But what happened was he had been saying and I was like, you know what? I always come in. It's not cheat day because I perform there on Saturdays. That's the day we do the show. I was like, this time I'm going to make an exception. I'm going to have the pizza. And, you know, for it not (laughs) for me not to taste stuff, I'm really good at eating it. I'll tell you that about myself because I ate the entire pizza. I ate (laughs) it was not a huge one, but. A pizza is a pizza. You guys know what I'm saying. And I ate this entire pizza. Washed it down with the Coke. You know, Coke doesn't let me down. And I know Coke said to be less white. And I did a video about that, which people are still reacting to and mad about. Not realizing that that fucking video was just an excuse for me to tell people that their fat asses were going to drink Coke anyway. So to stop complaining about it. Like, really, that was the extent. That's the whole reason I did that video. I don't care about any of that stuff. Do I think people could do themselves a favor by not getting offended by things like be less white and maybe taking some of that in and seeing if maybe they are being oppressive? And I don't use that in that cheesy uh, SJW way, but just Are you being part of the problem? Are you not understanding that people of color sometimes have certain grievances that even though they aren't a factor for you because they never come into play for you because you are white, you have been white your entire life, is that something that maybe you could pay a little bit of attention to? I'm not saying you have to make your focus that, and I'm not saying you have to live in white guilt because I have nothing but white friends on some, in some circle. Like, you know, like you go to some of my friend groups and it's just like, okay, this is just all white people. And it's a place I'm very comfortable. I'm not that guy that feels like I'm the only Mexican here and there's no representation. It's like, whatever. Me and my friends don't even think on that level. But... I do have friends that have recently come to terms with the fact that they're like, yeah, I never realized that. And a lot of times you realize that by dating people that are different, different ethnicities, because you've walked through your life in your way and you've never seen it from another person's side. And then you're dating someone. You're like, I do notice that servers will treat me differently than they treat the person that I'm with. Or, you know, I've noticed that on the opposite side, you know, but I've been dating white guys you know, I think most of my boyfriends have been. They, yeah, I don't know why I'm trying to really run through it. Because, yeah, most of my boyfriends have been white. I've dated other Latinos, um, half black, half Mexican. That was one of my most uh, spicy relationships in the way that the sex was really good. But that bitch was Fucking crazy. But anyway, 
Um, yeah, but mostly I've dated white guys, so I've always noticed the, the difference in the way that they get treated versus the way that I get treated. And I work that to my advantage and have them do things and ask for things for me. If there's ways that I can make my life easier because I'm dating a white guy, I'm taking that route. I'm not trying to change the whole system. I'm not trying to get into it with a bunch of people. I'm just like, yeah, can you please handle this for me? I need something returned from the store. I don't want to deal with... And people don't always give me a hard time about stuff like that. And I'm able to navigate the world the way that I need to. But that's also because I'm very snotty. And when you're very snotty, people react to that. Like in everyday life, I, I got told by my ex that I talk down to people all the time. And I feel like I'm not talking down to anybody. I'm talking to people like they're on my level. So if they feel like they're beneath me because I'm talking to them at my level, then that's a them problem and not a me problem. But anyway, um, what I'm trying to get at in this rambling speech, because I'm going to tell you, I really am going to like this episode. I don't know how anybody else is going to like it, but I'm going to like it because I have decided the third time is the charm. A Shot in the Dark is the name of this episode, and we're going to bang it out. But what happened was I there was traffic on the strip. I ended up leaving Notoriety later than I wanted to leave it. Butch's show, which, you know, Carla, who makes the homemade salsa, is Butch Bradley's girlfriend. And his show was at 10. So I thought I was going to be able to be in and out of there before Filth Factory even started. And it turned out that when I got there, it was like 1130, I think. And I knew Butch and Carla were still there, you know, so I was going to be able to pick up my salsa. But um, Jeff Keith, who was headlining the eight o'clock shows last week, very funny comic, good friend of mine. I've known Jeff, Jeff Keith since we both first started in comedy. Maybe I met him a year or two in. And, uh, you know, so I think he was 19 when I met him, you know, and we would perform at this place called the Martini Blues in Orange County. And the thing with that was, you know, like you become friends, friends with the people that you first start out with, just like probably any other profession. So, you know, I've always loved Jeff Keith. We've always been really cool. And so he was headlining the eight o'clock show and he happened to be hanging out again when I got there at 1130 and then Chris Dorian was there, so we were chatting, and we were all just chatting in front of the club, or I guess you could say kind of on the side of the club at that moment, and, you know, then Bobby Wayne walked up, or walked around, and I do say around, because he didn't, like, walk up to us, or directly to us, and, you know, like, of course I noticed, because I'm aware of what's going going on around me, you know, I don't pay attention to a lot of things, but I stay aware of what's going on around me. And so I see him walk up, and I'm not tripping, I don't fucking care either way, you know, if he wants to say something, fine, if you want to call me over and talk to me, fine, whatever the fuck happens, happens, you know, I'm very, that's my vibe on everything. So he doesn't bother walking anywhere close to near me, nothing. And I'm like, all right, you know, I don't really care about that either way because, you know, if he wants to chat, fine. If he doesn't want to chat, fine too. I'm whatever about it. But I couldn't help but in my head be a little bit like this man was all over Facebook telling everybody how he was going to tell me this and how he was going to tell me that and when he sees me, whatever, whatever. And then here he is, not even coming anywhere close to me when he actually does see me. Now, is it on me to approach him? 
not at all, because I've never claimed that I had anything to say to him. As far as I was concerned, I told you guys even a couple episodes ago that if he and Crystal decided they wanted to chat with me at any point, I'd be open to that. I don't hold hard feelings, but I do remember all that shit you talked when you were saying when you saw me, you were going to tell me this and I was going to hear it. And uh, well, here I am and I'm not hearing shit. Here I am, and the only thing I'm hearing is Jeff Keith's voice and Chris Doran. So what happened? What Keep that same energy, boo, but I'm, I'm keeping it what it's got to be. You know, I'm not trying to start anything because I'm not the one that has the problem. So whatever happens, I, I'm like, all right, cool. So he doesn't say anything. And then I go in to get my salsa from Carla. Well, Carla is in the green room because Butch's show has just ended. So they're in the green room. We're um, chatting, whatever. Carla ends up leaving. So does Butch. They they didn't leave yet, but they were out in the showroom now because it's between shows. And I'm in the green room, and everybody knows I'm in the green room, so it's not like a thing. Bobby never bothered coming back to the green room. So, again, here I am in the green room. You want a captive audience, you got one. But what you got, what you got to remember, because I am the kind of person that in the past, I've had a few instances where I have gone to the green room because I knew somebody that I wanted to confront that I wanted to confront was in the green room. And I'm like, okay, well, now you're trapped. So we're going to have this conversation. And so me being that kind of person, of course I knew there was a chance Bobby Wayne was going to come back to the green room and try to talk to me there, which obviously I put myself there. So what people have to remember is that when you trap somebody in the room with you, you are also trapped with them. So I was like, let the trapping begin. So I, you know, put myself in that position partly for that reason, because it's like, okay, if this person wants to talk to me, this is their chance to talk to me. They know exactly where I'm at. They know that there's no other way for me to get out. Like here I am. If you want the audience that you claim you wanted, if you want the conversation that you said you wanted on Facebook, then here I am in the green room. Never bothers to come back to the green room. He's on the show. A lot of times that's where you hang out is in the green room, you know, or you at least stop by the green room. Never bothered stopping by the green room. I ended up being there for, you know, a good part of the, you know, like that little part of the evening. Once the show started, I ended up going somewhere else. I can't remember where Chris Doran... I don't remember what happened, you know, like it was just like one of those things where we just did other things. After I see that you clearly aren't trying to initiate the conversation that you've said that you wanted to have, it's like I'm not going to wait around all night for you to fucking grab your balls out of your girlfriend's purse or whatever it is the fuck you have to do. I don't know if Crystal showed up or not. I heard that she was there, but I personally didn't see her. Anyway, no smoke was brought to this fire, but... I'm cool either way. Like I said, it is what it is. If you don't want to talk about it, then fine. We don't need to talk about it. But let's not forget, you supposedly had a lot you wanted to say to me. And I, I like really, I wouldn't bring any of this up because I had thought about mentioning it on social media the next day, but I didn't want to be that guy. You know, I didn't want to be like, the where's all that shit now? You know, I didn't want to be that guy. But there was a part of me that did feel that way in my head. But 
I was going to let it go. So we cut to Monday night. This was Saturday night, midnight. So we cut to Monday night and he ends up sending me a text message out of nowhere telling me to take down his and Crystal's picture off of my Facebook fan page. And the way he phrased it was, you know, just like uh, I'm asking you. Well, not I'm even asking. I'm telling you, but I'm going to put please at the end. So when you, uh, you know, take down mine and Crystal's picture off of your Facebook page, please. Well, when you say please at the end of a statement where you're telling me to do something, that please might as well just be bitch because really you're not talking to me with any kind of respect. And if you had anything to say to me, you could have said it Saturday night when we were in person. But instead, you end up deciding to hit me up on text message like a bitch. And that's the way I feel about it. So at this point, you're a toothless dog to me. Because you had your chance to talk to me. You had your chance to confront me. And even if you came up to me and said something like, look, I still feel the way I feel. I don't think you're a good person. I don't necessarily want to be friends with you. But I would appreciate it if you would take down that picture that you have of me and Crystal. I would have actually considered it because I would have respected the fact that you came to me man to man, person to person. But when you see me and you don't say anything and then you send me a text message where instead of talking to me like a polite person, you basically try to bark an order at me. That's not going to happen. That's not a way that we're doing things. And I thought I established that back in December when I shit all over you guys for an entire podcast episode. I thought by that you would get that I don't submit to anything that either of you two goons pretend to be. But I still apparently have not made my point. So the other thing that he had to remember and the the way that he fucked himself is right here. I'm going to give you guys the, the tea on how he really did fuck himself because a couple days before that, I had thought about the picture that I have of them, which isn't even a picture of them in my thinking. Let me break down the way that I see this situation with the picture. If you check out my Facebook fan page, which is uh, facebook.com slash Ty Rivera fan, I think. Or you can just search Ty Rivera comedy on Facebook. If you're not already a member of my fan page, my like page, like it. I still post stuff on there. More than anything, I share funny things that different people I follow on my timeline say. I'll repost them or share them to my Facebook page. And then I also put... The YouTube clips, I put those one day after I post those on the Facebook. I'm thinking about posting them at the same time moving forward, but I don't know. Anyway, so if you want to check it out, check it out. But they're the cover photo, you know, so the photo at the top, not the default photo, but the cover. And I, because to me, here's the first thing you have to understand. That's not a picture of Bobby and Crystal to me. Bobby and Crystal are on the picture but there's also Amy Blackwell in the middle. There's also my logo, which is the Unbothered by Tyra Vera logo. Logo. So, like, for me, it's not even a picture of Bobby and Crystal at this point. It's, one, a placeholder because I don't always update the pics on my fan page. My default pic on that fan page has been there for at least five or six months or something ridiculous like that. You know, they're picture has been up since December obviously the the 
unbothered by Tyra Vera from their particular episode. And at this point, it's just a placeholder. So the other day, I thought about it, and I was like, because I did something on my my fan page, and I was like, I should probably change that out at some point. And I wasn't thinking about it, like I said, from uh, like it's Bobby and Crystal way. I was thinking about it from uh, just it's time to update that soon sort of way. So really, if he had just kept his mouth shut, it would have been changed out pretty soon anyway. But instead, he hits me up and acts like he's telling me something. Well, now that you feel that you've told me something, now I'm just going to leave it up just to get on your nerves. Because, like I said, to me, it's not even a picture of you and Crystal. I have transformed it by adding Amy Blackwell and by adding my Unbothered logo. And it's just cover art for that particular thing. And it has nothing to do with you. Like, it's... I wasn't even thinking about you. But... um. You know, and so we had a quick back and forth because I was like, yeah, just don't text me. And then he was like, well, take down our picture and I won't have to. And it's like, bitch, you didn't have to this time. Like, stop acting like anybody made you do anything. That's the thing that gets on my nerves about him and Crystal and the way they've handled this whole situation is like that one time, like when the thing actually happened and Crystal was like, I am blocked you. This better be good. Bitch, nobody called you. Like, nobody called you, nobody called him. So I don't know what either of you think you're doing or who you think you're doing a favor for, but all of this is just for your own egos, your own inflated senses of self. Like, that's what's going on here. It has nothing to do with me and, well, I had to hit you up. You mean since December, this uh, in March, you're finally feeling like taking a stand against this picture? Get over yourself. Who cares? Really, you're probably just mad because people have asked you about it more recently and people listen to the podcast still. Like, it did good numbers. That particular episode, as far as the... Because when it comes to the audio only, it still, in a lot of cases, gets more listens than it does. And I've been pushing the YouTube forever, but I'm going to stop that. However you guys listen, you guys listen. I appreciate you guys even tuning in. But yeah, I still get more plays in just audio than I do on the YouTube. Anyway, that particular YouTube had double, if not triple, what I usually get. And there were zero dislikes, you know, the thumbs down, and a bunch of likes. So... I think that Bobby and Crystal have realized that a lot of the people that they thought were going to be on their side and they thought were going to come to their defense didn't. And when it comes to social consequences, I have suffered none. I have not had a single person tell me since December, you know, there's not been a single person that's been like, I don't appreciate what you said or I think you should have been like people have been like, yeah, they were being shitty with a lot of us and a lot of us just didn't want to say anything because we actually thought there was going to be some kind of big situation and most people shy away from that kind of stuff and in a lot of cases now I would too because a lot of things just aren't worth it but I'm never worried about a social consequence I'm very talented I'm very good at what I do so I know that there's always going to be people that talk to me there's always going to be people that hang out with me and that's what a lot of people that's what the currency is in my world so when I have people try to use morality as currency 
I'm just like, yeah, that's probably not going to be an effective strategy because we're in the world of entertainment. So you might be the better person, but as long as I'm the more talented person, more people are going to flock towards me than are going to flock towards you. And I've been doing this and being me and being as inflammatory as I've been because we all know I'm starting to calm down a bit. Even the way that I'm talking right now is a calmer way than I was talking about in December. But um, I've been me for long enough that I've always known after a certain point, you know, when I first started getting into it with people, there was a part of me that had that, like, I wonder if this is going to affect this. And I wonder if this is going to affect that. And then I ha I saw the amount of support I got because the other thing that people don't get is when I usually get tired of people, when I usually do take a stand on something it's usually a stand a lot of people are in support of, even if they don't want to say it publicly, because they've seen the same things that I've seen. So it's I'm, I'm it's rarely a situation where people don't feel that way, even if they don't say it publicly. You know, it's that's just what it is. That's why when I got into it, Bobby and Crystal. I got a lot of support from people that were just saying exactly what I just said, you know, that they were worried. They didn't want to put up with the drama that would come from it. And for them, for a lot of them, and it's not about talent for them, it's just about being less exposed on the scene or knowing fewer people. Because Bobby and Crystal do know a lot of people, you know, they had brunches and a lot of people were supporting that back when they were doing it and different things. That's part of why I was annoyed with them because people on the comedy scene had been so supportive of them. And then here they were being these bullies. And it's like, you're flexing on people that have been supportive of you. So I don't understand where the flex is coming from or why the flex is even necessary. But, um, you know, so it, nobody confronted me in real life. And then you hit me up on or in text message. And I, like I also told him, you know, if I because when he said that, you know, if uh, to take down their picture and then he won't have to confront me or he won't have to like, you know, hit me up, whatever. Um, I, and I was like, yeah, I really don't care either way. I just said that because. If I get tired of you, I'll just block you, you know, because you can block any number out of your phone. I could block him and never hear from him again. So um, and then I just told him, like, you know, I don't have respect for you. You know, if you, I was like, if you want, you can hit me up. You can call me or whatever. But this isn't going to be handled through texts like this. And then he was like, I have no interest in salving or salvaging a relationship with you or salvaging anything with you. I'm just telling you, you're not telling me anything. You're not, that's what you don't understand is, hun, <laughs> you're not telling me anything. You think you're telling me something, but really you're begging me for something right now. You're begging me to take my foot off your fucking neck, which I didn't even realize was still on your neck. But that's what you're doing. You're just trying to puff your chest while you beg. <laughs> See, the uh, this is why... People shouldn't because eventually the real bitch will come out. You know what I'm saying? Like the the part of me that does get like the nerve of these fucking people. Like I've been nice enough like because I haven't been mentioning them. I was willing to have a conversation, uh, you know, like if you want to say whatever, speak your piece, but you're not going to hit me up and tell me anything or or even fool yourself into thinking you're telling me anything. So I told him at that point, I was like, yeah, I don't respect you or Crystal and you have a lot of nerve 
asking me to take this down when Crystal posted my phone number on Facebook. So don't hit me up acting like it's some sort of violation that I still have your uh, episode of Unbothered, the cover photo for it, like, you know, up as a placeholder. Because that's all it is at this point. It's just a placeholder. And yeah, maybe people see it and they're like, let me listen to that episode. And then they listen to you guys get shat all over and then they have to ask you about it. They mention like Ty Rivera really took a shit on you guys, didn't he? Uh, which is the way people see it, you know, uh, and it's uh, there have been a couple of people that I ethered on my, you know, uh, with Unbothered. That's the whole point of this podcast. That's how it originally started. And, yeah, I've changed the focus to being more positive. But let's not forget our roots. That's where it comes from. It was the way of me shitting on people that tried to shit on me. So, sorry if I create effective tools for the things that I need them for. It's what it is. Enjoy your medicine. And stay out of my fucking mentions. Stay out of my, stay out of my, my DMs. If you want to talk to me, you talk to me like a man in person. Which even that, I kind of, like, don't trust them on. Because, you know, what are you going to do? Fucking egg something on and then call the real life police on me? Because you obviously couldn't handle a Facebook argument. But I'll still talk to you if you decide to confront me like a regular person. But as far as this fucking in the text message shit, no. Show the whole world exactly the fucking piece of shit you are. But, um, yeah, there was one thing I was asked about not too long ago. Um, I was going to say sorry for going into that. But I'm actually quite happy that I went into that because I think people need to know where I stand on these things and be updated when these things happen because nobody has a fucking pull-up game anymore. And it's not like I'm looking for trouble, but at the same time, if your whole vibe is, when I see him, I'm going to say this and this and this, and then you see me and then you don't say shit, then I don't respect you at all. It's like you're, like I said, a toothless dog. But anyway, um, there was something somebody asked, Cindy asked uh, a couple episodes ago I said that I had my opinions on hell and we Cindy had said that you know that she was interested in that which if you guys aren't familiar with Cindy Cindy is a longtime listener um I think 2018 is when Cindy jumped on board that's when I was putting out my regular 30-day YouTubes you know like doing every day um and I had just gotten into my relationship and I think that that's about when me and Cindy became friends or Cindy became familiar with my stuff and then we started chatting online from there anyway Cindy had mentioned because I had said that I didn't believe that hell but believe in hell but I had opinions on that and I would get into them one day she said that was interesting and I was like yeah maybe I'll talk about that sometime so let me yawn real quick and then we'll we'll get to that I just woke up, um, you know, I did get plenty of, well, I don't know if you would say plenty of sleep, but I did get sleep after, you know, being up for 30 hours. What happened was, okay, let me just wrap that little part up real quick. So I recorded my podcast again last night after I went and hooked up with that guy, which if I was smarter, I wouldn't have hooked up with him, but it was all right. It was worth it. It was a release. I'm not on Grinder right now, so, you know. Every once in a while, a regular will hit me up and I'll be like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to take this. 
And so I um, came back and I recorded another, uh, you know, unbothered. And I didn't like it at all because I was going in and out of sleep, basically. And I wasn't able to keep there. I'm going to be honest with you guys. There were a couple points where I was hallucinating because I had been awake for so long. So I was looking at the beams that like run along this thing in my apartment. And I was seeing kind of rhinoceros heads on the end of it. And then there were like wavy patterns happening. And I'd been up for, you know, 29 hours at that point or whatever. So I was pretty, you know, and I was trying to keep myself at that point. I was trying to keep myself awake just so that I could finish my unbothered and hopefully have it out by this morning. But then I wasn't liking that because obviously I'm not going to be speaking cohesively if I'm hallucinating. And so I was thinking, yeah, this is going to be a waste. But I, f I wanted to finish it. I don't know why. I was determined to finish it. And it, so I did finish it. And then I kind of, well, I remember turning off the recorder. And then I kind of took a nap at least on the couch and then the part of me that takes care of me like a boyfriend um made me go upstairs and took my clothes off but I don't remember you know I remember going upstairs and I just the next thing I know I woke up with all my clothes strewn about well you know like next to me on the off on the floor or whatever which that part I don't remember but you know I'm glad I take care of me the way I do even when I'm not fully there but um yeah so we were talking about hell and or I was talking I mentioned hell and how I don't really believe in it and here's the way I feel about hell first off um speaking of hell the Catholic Church has come out and said that it can't condone gay marriage because um, the Lord can't bless sin or God can't bless sin or whatever. And, you know, I personally am just glad that the Pope and the rest of the priests were able to take altar boy dick out of their mouth long enough to uh, have an opinion on gay marriage. So I'm proud of them. Yay. You guys actually did something. But um, I don't care what the Catholic Church thinks about anything. Like, all of these institutions are on their way out, all of them. And whether people realize that or not, and there's going to be some people that hold on always, but all of these institutions are on their way out. They're just excuses to take people's money, and they don't actually offer what they say that they're going to offer. And even there, as much as I don't like their tactics even they're not going to hell because here's the way that i feel about hell i don't really feel like it exists i feel like we all go to go to heaven in the end because in the end we're all playing our parts god has us do what it is that he needs us to do he uses us as teaching tools for everybody else and some people would think well what about like the night stalker what about jeffrey dahmer what about you know any Charles Manson think about any terrible terrible person that's ever existed that people have written off by calling them evil I think there were lessons that we're supposed to learn from every one of these people and we are failing by not learning our lessons I think by us saying that these people are evil and they're going to hell is dismissive and it's a way of denying our responsibility and I did say our responsibility 
as a society for letting these people down and letting them turn into what they've turned into. And like when you take Richard Ramirez, I don't know if you guys saw his, he's the Night Stalker, it was called the Night Stalker. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw the documentary they did on him on Netflix where they, you know, talked about his crimes and what he had done and how they busted him and that whole situation. But if you watch it at the end, you see that his father had been very abusive with him and would tie him up and leave him in the cemetery, leave him at the cemetery overnight. And so that was a case of extreme abuse. And that's the way it ended up mani manifesting itself in later life is that he turned into the killer that he turned into. But I don't, I feel like, you know, if you believe in God, which I'm not saying you have to, that all of this is just the way I think. So don't, don't mistake me for thinking I'm some sort of prophet or I'm telling you guys how things are working. This is not what this is. This is me just sharing with you guys how I personally look at it. So Please don't jump in the comments and be like, how dare you? How dare I what? Think differently than you do because this is just, I don't know and you don't know. N none of us are dead, clearly. Well, maybe on the inside some of us are a little bit. But uh, we haven't moved on to any sort of afterlife. That's, I think that's a fair statement to say, right? Everybody that's listening right now is probably currently alive. Um, so, and if you're listening to this, from hell right now and you're like god damn it please do leave a message in the comments and let me know you know like is it really what they say and well it would make sense that you still have access to podcasts in hell <laughs> it's probably part of your punishment this one in particular they're like you listen to this for eternity this voice will really let you know how you fucked up but i i think if you believe in god and god sees everything I don't think at the end of it all, God, having seen everything that's turned people into the people that they've turned into and led them to the choices that they've made or led them to feel that they were doing the right thing by doing the things that they've done. I don't think that a God that has seen all of that is looking for revenge at the end of it. I think that God sees why everything happened the way it happened and that at the end of it all, he's willing to forgive. I think looking for revenge is something that human beings do because it makes them feel better. And in certain cases, I do get it because the consequences of a lot of these people's actions are suffered by innocent victims. You know, when it comes to somebody, say, your mother died uh, at the hands of Richard Ramirez and your kid, which that did happen, you know, or grandmother, that happened, you know, and you're just an innocent kid that that's shouldn't have happened to you. It's not, you know, karmically, you didn't earn that maybe in another life, but, you know, in that life when you were a kid and that happened, that wasn't your fault, you know, or you didn't deserve that in any way. You hadn't earned that if you believe in karma that way, um, which we can talk about that another day. But the consequences and the way karma plays out, I don't think it's always 100 percent even. I don't think it's like a one for one. 
But we'll get into that another time. We're on hell. We're in hell right now. So let's one at a time, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about karma on another episode in my my detailed thoughts of foolery when it comes to karma. Uh, right now we're tackling this one so I think that that's a very human thing and I don't blame people for you know wanting somebody to go to hell or wanting to think that there's going to be some sort of retribution in the after afterlife but I don't really feel like that's the way that it works I think that like I said we're all tools teaching tools from God and that just by you know by just dismissing people and being like they were crazy, they were psychotic, they were a murderer, they were an evil person just is denying the fact that you don't want to get down to the get down to the idea that there's something that made these people turn that way. There's something that people were exposed to. There were different things that people were exposed to. And if we could figure that kind of stuff out, then maybe moving forward, we could have less people like that. Maybe if we were willing to say, okay, this is where society failed this particular person. Maybe if it's, you know, like I can tell you, I'm going <sighs> to, I can tell you that when I was younger, I found myself in a situation where I could have made a positive change in somebody's life. It was a very young person. I could have made a positive change in their life, but I was too caught up in my own shit and I was too busy with my own thing and I was too self-absorbed to actually help that person out. And that person went on to do something that was really, really terrible. And when it really comes down to it, I know the moment when I could have stepped in and it wasn't like I was in any way a part of them doing anything terrible. By that time, I had been out of their life for quite a while. But I know that there was a point where I could have stepped in and had a positive influence on this person's life. And instead, what I did was I was too into myself and I completely ignored the situation, a situation that I could have helped out. And so I will always be guilty for that. I will always hold on to guilt for that. And so it would be easy for me to judge this person and to be like, yeah, that person is a terrible person for doing a terrible thing and they're going to hell. But really, I see why that happened and I see why they ended up feeling like they were in such a helpless situation. And I know that I was, like I said, a part of that. So it is what it is. So, uh, But me trying to be like, oh, let me judge them now would be just a way of scapegoating what my own behavior kind of helped. And I think that on a societal level, we all do that. So in mine, it just happened to be one-to-one -one and person-to-person. -person. And I hope that makes sense because I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about that situation. I don't feel like it's really my story to tell. And I feel like telling that story in any kind of detail would be still throwing that person under the bus. And believe me, they're suffering consequences for it. They are definitely suffering consequences for it. It's not like it has gone unpunished. They are. And yeah, I, I feel bad about that. And I wish that I had been a better person then. And I think like if we as a society would maybe learn to be better and pay more attention to people and actually listen when people are asking for help, then maybe we can end up in a better place as people. Anyway. That's what I've got to say on that. I hope that made sense. I don't know what's happening anymore. Stay unbothered.